Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 144. And when we go. Step up to the break, we got MJP and Green Man. It's the brain and championship team. From my land to Japan and everywhere in between. Get the up-to-date news on the wrestling scene. So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, are you ready to rock? So take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? From the fans to the fans, let me hear the crowd pop. So take a shot. Oh, yeah. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I am at Marco J. Putty, and I am full. Oh, man, I gotta loosen the belt here. Oh, my pants still full from that Thanksgiving feast. Hope y'all had a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving, spent time with your family or loved ones. I've never been really into Thanksgiving. Not a Thanksgiving guy. Don't know why, just not a big food person, really. If I am, I'm more of the side dish guy, more of the mashed potatoes, the cranberry sauce from the can. Don't give me that bullshit homemade shit. I want the jelly shit from the can. Also, I'm not, I'm not big into leftovers for some weird reason. I don't know. Unless it's pizza. I could eat pizza and lasagna. Leftovers, that's it. Okay? But I'm a big mashed potatoes fan. Love me some mashed potatoes. Not a big fan of baked potatoes. I mean, I love baked potatoes, but for some weird reason, I just want to deal with the effort of making it. Yeah, I probably sound like a lazy piece of shit, but I don't like the skin of the potatoes. So I got to cut it open. I got to scoop out the potatoes. I got to butter potatoes. I can never get the right amount of butter on the potatoes, so it's usually dry means I add more butter than it's too buttery and mushy. Oh. But you meet halfway in the middle, my favorite thing, twice baked potatoes. When my mother made this for the first time as a kid, my mind was literally blown. What is this? It's mashed potatoes in a baked potato? Not for nothing. Mother, God love her, one of the best cooks in the world, made twice baked potatoes this year for Thanksgiving. Oh, I was full on those alone. For those of you who don't know what a twice baked potato is, because some people at work didn't know, you bake a potato, but not fully, I think halfway. Take it out of the oven, scoop the innards out, mash it, put the shit back into potato, and then finish baking it. Oh, man, it's the fucking fantastic. Maybe that's the Irish in me talking, but that is fucking fantastic. Oh, I'm not salivating, right? Thinking about it. But I hope enjoy your Thanksgiving. But for those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis, welcome back. Those of you new to the show, last year I talked about how I kind of equate the Royal Rumble being the Thanksgiving of pay-per-views. Everyone is excited about Survivor Series, the Raw versus SmackDown rivalry, bragging rights. But lately, no one cares about Royal Rumble. Because you know who's going to win by the time the event starts, but everyone cares about Christmas, WrestleMania. And yeah, so it's just like, a, no one seems to care about Thanksgiving anymore. As soon as Halloween is over, boom, it's Christmas music on my radio, Christmas decorations in the stores, Christmas movies on my TV. There's, is there a, like a Thanksgiving movie I can watch, please? Is there a Thanksgiving song besides Adam Sandler? I don't think Thanksgiving gets the respect. People spend their Thanksgiving putting up their Christmas decorations. Ugh, but I guess that's all gravy on the brain. I'm just ranting on now. Let's start the show. I think it's that time. But let's start the show like we always start the show with this week's wrestling replay. Survivor Series, November 18th, 2018 from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. On the pre-show, you Team SmackDown, the Usos, the New Day, Sanity, the Colognes, and Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson defeated... Team Raw, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable. The Revival, the Beat Team, Lucha House Party, and The Ascension in 22 minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah, SmackDown picked up a victory. Raw was 6-1. and one. 
Then we move on to the main show. Team Raw, Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina, Bailey, and Sasha Banks defeated Team SmackDown, Naomi, Carmella, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and Mandy Rose in 18 minutes, 50 seconds. Seth Rollins defeated Shinsuke, knock him over in 21 minutes, 50 seconds. AOP defeated The Bar, 9 minutes even. Buddy Murphy defeated Mustafa Ali to retain the Cruiserweight Championship in 12 minutes, 20 seconds. Team Raw, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Bobby Lesher defeated Team SmackDown, The Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy in 24 minutes even. Ronda Rousey defeated Charlotte Flair via DQ in 14 minutes, 40 seconds. And in your main event, Brock Lesnar defeated Daniel Bryan in 18 minutes, 50 seconds. Last week, I kind of ran down the show and give you my two cents. You knew SmackDown had to win that tag team match. They, they had to. The women's match, I thought SmackDown should have won. But as soon as SmackDown women lost the opening salvo in that match, it kind of seemed like they were going with a 6-0 night for SmackDown. I'm sorry, for Raw. On the big screen here in the studio, Mandy Rose is coming out. Now, is there anybody hotter in the WWE Universe right now than Mandy Rose? I mean, hotter, I mean, like, look-wise, not momentum, because she's ice cold in momentum, but look-wise, Mandy Rose, clearly the top one or two. Oh, man, Mandy Rose. Whew. Survivor Series, yeah. Yeah, so as soon as the woman lost, I think the woman's match was the only chance they had. I felt Cheesecake needed the win, but Seth Rollins was going to win, storyline-wise. That's pretty much all downhill from there. It just feels like Survivor Series is the chance to shit on SmackDown and just promote Raw as the A show. I mean, Vince McMahon is never going to let SmackDown be viewed as the A show. Raw is the crown jewel of the WWE Universe. No, so no matter how great SmackDown does product-wise, and no matter how lackluster or bad reviews Raw gets or the low ratings Raw gets, Raw is always going to be the A show in the eyes of the powers that be over at the WWE. And we know that. You know that. So we're not going to argue that. Because as loyal WWE fans know that Raw isn't even close to what SmackDown is doing right now. SmackDown is hitting on all cylinders. You know, SmackDown's the best. SmackDown's number one. But here's some funny news for you. It's being reported that the storyline called for Raw to have a clean sweep at Survivor Series. But however, something was lost in the communication process, which led SmackDown Live to quote-unquote accidentally get booked to win the pre-show tag team match. Which then led the announcers to ignore the results of the pre-show and focus only on the matches on the main card. Now, talking about this last week, I'm going to repeat myself. There's no way Raw even deserved or had a chance to win that tag team match. Maybe that's why they put it on the pre-show, because that was the match I wanted to see, and I don't watch the pre-show. But props to Corey Graves. Every time Michael Cole and Renee Young were on commentary, they would talk about how Raw is undefeated. But Corey Graves chimed in. Well, SmackDown did win, and Michael Cole just kind of brushed him off. But then when the SmackDown team was there, Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton, he switched roles. The man did his job, did it well. I still want another commentator on SmackDown. I don't need Court Graves twice a week. Another report says that a correspondent in attendance live at the Staples Center noted that the boos for Nia Jax were some of the loudest they have heard in 12 years of regularly attending WWE events up and down the West Coast. Not just in LA, the entire West Coast, the United States. This correspondent attends events regularly, much like we have Slick Dick here in the East Coast. Some of the loudest boos were for Nia Jax? Damn. Good job to her. Of course, it comes at the expense of Becky Lynch, the hottest thing going on in the universe right now, but see how long these boos can carry over. Also, side note, we here at Shadow Wrestling know for a fact that somebody in the WWE listens to this show on a regular basis. Unfortunately, I cannot disclose how we know that, but we do have a one-up because somebody in the E does listen to this show. And going with that, I'm so happy to know that they also check our social medias out, and they followed my lead. Michael J. Putty took the flag and ran with it. You know, I've been Team SmackDown since day one. And since it was Survivor Series weekend, I rocked a SmackDown blue tie. 
for my commentary debut at NEW, you know, you got to support the team. And so in suit, I'm so happy the next night, the majority of the superstars rocked either red or blue outfits, tights, ensemble, shtick, if you will. I don't know what the current lingo they're going with right now. They weren't wearing the colors. They were in the shirt. So it's all because your boy at Muggage Putty decided to wear his team SmackDown tie on Survivor Series weekend. But I made a commentary debut on that Saturday, so I missed NXT TakeOver, War Games. Haven't got a chance to watch it this week, but I heard it was great. NXT's doing great things right over there. So if you guys do Wednesday nights, definitely check out NXT. That's something I might check out now that I have a void since Lucha Underground is no longer on my TV. But speaking of my commentary debut at NEW, man oh man, what an awesome experience. Thank you to everybody over there at New Evolution Wrestling for giving me the opportunity. Big shout out to Eric Jaden. He fought for us and he pretty much vouched for me. You know, Green Man has the experience. Green Man is a full-fledged commentator over at BCW. And that's pretty much the origins of this show. We talked about how maybe we should just watch matches online and mute it and do our own commentary. That came across way harder than we thought it would be. So we decided to do a wrestling podcast. The birth of Shot of Wrestling, folks. But yeah, you know, I'm not a great speaker. Due to the powers of editing, I come off awesome. But no, I mumble, I stumble, I stutter, I pause, I lose track halfway through a sentence. But I edit, I clean it up. I edit that shit out in post. So I was nervous doing this live for an actual promotion. So I get there, get a drink, do a couple shots, get the car, get mentally prepared. We get ready to do this. Now, folks, not for nothing, I do a much better job than I thought I would. I wasn't nervous. I breathed. Because usually when I'm nervous, I, don't, I forget to breathe for some weird reason. But I was breathing. I called the action inside the ring. You know, I, th- I th- did much better than I thought I would. Especially for my first time out of the gate. Big props to Green Man for filling the voids where I kind of dipped a little bit. But I feel like this is my first time. It's my first time with Green Man. Green Man's first time with me doing commentary. So, of course, there's a lot of highs and lows. I was so nervous about this show. And at one point, I'll never forget this, I got way too comfortable. And I kind of went back to the days where I used to do commentary for BCW for the podcast. So I felt like I was doing a podcast. I was with Green Man, calling action inside of a ring. I thought I was doing a podcast. I forgot that I was doing it for an actual promotion. And that's when I'm like, oh, shit, I got to fucking focus. That's what I've lost focus. And that's my biggest flaw right now. So... If the powers that be over at NEW decide to give your boy at Muggery Party another chance, you know, I'll learn from my mistakes. And that's all we can do. Green Man wasn't great. Peter Zotto told me off the air last week that he wasn't that great in his debut. So if they do not give your boy here another chance, they listened to the audio and felt like they didn't match what they were looking for, at least I can say, you know, I was a commentator for a wrestling event for one night. And that's uh, all little Muggery Putty can dream of. So big shout out to NEW. Thank you again. We'll keep you updated on what's going on over there. Like I said, if I get another chance, you know, I'm going to kill it. But for future party, if he's listening, don't drink during the show. That's why I lost my focus. I'm, I'm dr- pouring my drinks. I'm having a good time, relaxing, talking to people walking by. That's why I lose my focus. So, all right. Learn from my mistakes. That's all you got to do. You know, why do we fall? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. So we'll keep you updated. Make sure you follow us on all our social medias. We have a shot of wrestling on Facebook, a shot of wrestling on Instagram, shot of wrestling, no A on Twitter, just shot of wrestling. And of course, you can listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, wherever you listen to your podcasts. These shows are available Sunday night, usually. More often later on the Sunday night. But of course, on Monday, your boys here at Shot Wrestling are featured on B-plus Player Radio. The mastermind of one Mark Adam Haggerty. Now, Mr. Haggerty was nice enough to sit down with Green Man for an exclusive interview you only hear on A Shot of Wrestling. The full-length interview is available on our YouTube, A Shot of Wrestling. Green Man posts all his full-length interviews over there, so check them out. I'm assuming over at YouTube, we can't post it here on the show, but I'm assuming over at YouTube, Mr. Mark Adam Haggerty will tell you that Shutter Wrestling is his favorite B-plus player wrestling podcast. I'm just going out on a limb. But again, 
Big thanks to Mark Adam Haggerty for believing in us, for buying in on a Shadow Wrestling all those months ago to promote us on B Plus Player Radio. And a big thanks to him this week for sitting down with Green Man. So here's a chunk of the interview with Mark Adam Haggerty. Again, go over to our YouTube, a Shadow Wrestling, for the full length interview. Green Man, take it away. Everybody, welcome, family. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. Now, if you haven't done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on the Shot of Wrestling hotline. Now we say it because we believe it, wrestling brings us together and today is no different. Today, the boss is in the building, the hardest working ring announcer in the business, Mark Adam Haggerty. How are you, boss? I'm uh, I'm great. Thank you for that great introduction. I'm I'm, uh, I'm enjoying my evening tonight talking with you. Oh, we're going to get into it. There's a lot to cover, but let's get started. How was your life before you got into this crazy world of professional wrestling? How was it? Um, well, not as hectic, I'll tell you that. Mm. Uh, I wasn't nearly as tired all the time. Uh, Did you have a regular like nine to five before you started pursuing your passion? Oh yeah, you know, um, I went to college. I uh, I went to college for English literature and language arts. I wanted to be a teacher, but when I was in college, I started doing my student observations, like my in my yeah, I had my in ring. Listen to me, I've been wrestling <laughs> too long. My my in room, my in class uh, observations, where you kind of like just sit back and and watch it, uh, like how it's done. And um, I fucking oh, oh can I curse? Sorry, you can do I whatever you want. Okay, you pay the bills. Uh, I just I fucking hated it so much, man. I hated it so much, and I felt guilty. You know what I mean? Because by that point, I think I was like a junior in college. I was almost a senior, and I'd wasted so much of my parents' money. But I, I graduated with uh, my degree nonetheless. And I kind of like at that time I was working in restaurants and hotels and stuff just mm-hmm. in college mm-hmm. and I stuck with it because I didn't really want to do anything else. So I ascended the ladder in hospitality as much as I could. Oh, really? The uh, the, the, the the two things that I, I really got into that most people know about me that I've written about that I've talked about at great length before is um, I worked in politics right mm-hmm. up until I got into uh, professional wrestling. I was the speechwriter and uh, press secretary for a few different candidates in Southern California, um, a few statewide politicians and uh, a couple of council people, council men and women in Long Beach, California. But then the one that everyone likes to talk about is that uh, I used to grow weed. I used to be, I used to work in the medical marijuana industry. I really? did that for six years. Yeah, um, I I grew weed. I managed a marijuana collective in Long Beach, California, on Wardlow Avenue, at Wardlow and Orange, called the Organic Market Garden. Mm-hmm. The building is still there. It's, an, it's a yellow building across from uh, Lana's City Limits Cantina. Um, it's uh, 
you know, it was it was a very fulfilling job, and I really loved it. But um, the thing about that is, it's a very uncertain marketplace, especially with the federal government and the state government, and you know, one too many crackdowns from the uh, the state government and or the uh, the the federal government rather. And uh, you know, it just it becomes kind of a nuisance. So I actually transitioned from working in weed into working in politics, and then from working in politics, you know, I I saw an advertisement online to write about wrestling for a dirt sheet and i started doing that and then i started podcasting and then i went to a wrestling show and i said hey your announcer sucks i can do that better than him <laughs> i didn't say it like that but i did i said but it you believed it what advice well, do you yeah. have for aspiring ring announcers managers or even podcasters um well you know like one of the things that i always say and people are probably getting sick of me here like wow, sick of me hearing it, sick of me saying it or hearing me say it or whatever, is to stay consistent with your content. I'm doing a an interview right now with a magazine out of the UK. It's like a correspondence thing. Like they send me questions via email back and forth. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones I just answered was about this. And the two things as far as advice that I'd give to people in, in that regard or to anyone in entertainment, to wrestlers, even you know, to whomever, is – one, stay outside your comfort zone. Get outside your comfort zone and spend as much time as possible out there because that's where you're going to come up with your best ideas. People wonder, it's like, oh, man, like I, I've never like made a million dollars. I've never gotten signed to WWE. I've never this. I've never that. I've never – well, that's because you've been doing the same goddamn thing for 25, 30 fucking years. Get outside your comfort zone. Try something else. And work towards that, okay? So that that's my one thing that I tell people all the time. Uh, there have been so many occasions in the wrestling business where people have said, hey, Mark, do you want to do X, Y, and Z? And in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't. It's either far away, not enough money, scary, you know what I mean? But but you do it because it's like, when else am I going to have this fucking opportunity? Um, there, there's stuff like that all the time. And, you know, when I say scary, I, you know, sometimes it's a bump. But sometimes it's like going to a locker room you've never been in before with people you've never met. So so it's all about overcoming things like that because, man, when I overcome – like recently, for instance, I debuted at a place up in Massachusetts, entirely new locker room. At the end of the night, I got a payday. It was better than I expected. I did more work on the show than I expected. And the promoter called me like personally to thank me and to congratulate me for doing such a great job. I was That's on cloud awesome. nine after the fact. I don't get that feeling going to all the places that I go inside my comfort zone all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's my number one thing. Get outside your comfort zone and stay there. My other thing is consistency. And this is something I think you might have touched on earlier. I don't know if you said it to me off the air or what, but you know, I'm always putting out content. Always. I'm putting out videos. I put out a vlog every single Monday about my weekend travels. And I tag all the people in the video that I spent the weekend with. All right? Um, Tuesday, I do my podcast, The Outsider's Edge, here on B-Plus Player Radio, which I did earlier today that we recorded this. Um, and, you know, that that's part of my regiment right there. On Wednesdays, I write a blog for Bodyslam.net about my career right there. You've got a video. You've got audio. You've got something to read. Thursday through Sunday, I'm usually working shows. I'm doing podcasts like this one I'm doing right now. 
Um, I appear on Center Ring in Connecticut, which is a public access wrestling show that reaches tens of thousands of fans that actually watch that shit, if you can believe it. Um, You know, like, consistency. So that's my thing. Not to rattle on and on, but, like, you have to stay consistent. And, And what I said in my interview with that magazine was this. It's like... We are lucky in professional wrestling because the fans have such long-term memories and they're so loyal. They're loyal to people that they connect with. But it's really hard to forge that connection on this monthly basis in a lot of ways that you're connecting with people. Because it's not cable television. It's not Monday Night Raw. It's not WWE. You're not going into someone's living room every single Monday and then maybe on Tuesday and then maybe – Uh, on a pay-per-view, and then you can see me on the fucking network, too. In a lot of cases, these people are seeing me once a month, or once every two months, or once every three months. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Because I might work for 37 different promotions, but each one of them is is running at different times, and they have different audiences. Right. So these people, they're having a hard time connecting with me. An easier way to make them connect with me, make them connect with you, whoever, whoever I'm giving this advice to, is to produce content every single day. Because social media has given us that gift to do that and reach these people every single day. So that's my that's my thing. Stay consistent and stay outside your comfort zone. Now, we talked this off the air, um, but, you know, I told you sometimes it's a struggle uh, to find that balance between, you know, being supportive with your family and pursuing this career that you're pursuing. Is your boyfriend supportive? Is he a wrestling fan? So... Um... I'm not supposed to reveal his identity because uh, he has a real job like in in like a in like a real industry where he helps people. Um, so uh, and I don't think he wants to be associated with the craziness that is wrestling, but he is a huge wrestling fan. Um, he actually has a podcast of his own. And uh, it's it, it is very successful. It, it he has a YouTube channel with like ten thousand subscribers, and they get like two three thousand views inside of a day. And they wow. sell. T- it's it's insane Same, yeah. how successful this guy is, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> what really drives me crazy? No, what really drives me crazy is when I bring him to a show, right? And a fan will either a fan will run up to us and i'm like hey what's up now thanks for coming and they're like who are you i want to talk to and i'm like what the fuck and uh (laughs) or the worst was paul laporte who's the general manager uh of uh tiw in storyline we hate each other but outside i love him i think he's a really good guy he's at a dynasty show and he comes up to me all right and i'm just gonna say the guy's name is mr x it's not obviously but he comes up like a a giddy little schoolgirl, and he's like mark um, I don't want to be rude, but is your boyfriend Mr. X? And I was like, yeah, why? And he goes, oh, my God, I fucking <laughs> love it. And I was like, get out of here. I hate you. You're no longer welcome within my sight. Um, he loves wrestling. I've actually gotten him uh, booked on a few shows as a color commentator and a play-by-play guy. It's awesome. Um, because he does, you know, the, the, you know, that kind of stuff. And I know that sounds like some kind of like, you know, nepotism, whatever you get in your boyfriend book. But like, I, I always say, I walk up in there and I say to the promoter, I'll be like, yo, this is him. He does this. If you want to use him, he's here. You don't have to pay him. Cool. Awesome. And then, but like, 
but my attitude is like, if you don't use him, I don't care. He doesn't care. He's going to sit in the audience anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that will bring their boyfriend or girlfriend and they'll be like, you should use them. And if you don't, I'm going to create problems about what I was booked to do. Um, I'm never going to be that guy because I don't care. Because as he knows, I put my career before absolutely everything. Sadly, usually before him in most cases. Um, but uh, he's very supportive. My family is supportive. They know I've loved wrestling since I was a very, very little child. They don't really get it, but they support it. All right. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. What's next for Mark Adam Haggerty? Well, I mean, if, if you're talking about what's next as far as events, I'll plug those real quick. I will say, uh, like I said, I don't know when this is going to air, so I'm just going to give you some dates. If you want to cut them out, you can. If you don't, I don't care either. They, they, they were, let me tell you, they were great shows if they're in the past. Uh, November, let me start November 23rd. I'm at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. November 24th. I've got Chikara in Philadelphia on December 1st. I'm in Lanesboro, Massachusetts with TIW. On December 7th, I return to Millville, New Jersey with Thunder Pro Wrestling. On December 8th, I am at 1CW in Seaford, Delaware, featuring WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett. And then on December 9th, whatever that Sunday is, 8th, not 9th, um, I'm at Test of Strength Wrestling in East Hartford, Connecticut. I'm trying to go even more places as i said i'm trying to get booked uh even farther south even farther west even farther north i've worked in canada before i'd like to spend more time up there uh, i also want to say if people want to follow me on the social media twitter and instagram you guys can do so at mark a haggerty that's mark like the word m-a-r-k a haggerty h-a-g-g-e-r-t-y uh follow me my insta story is like the greatest thing you've ever seen my highlights are on points. Um, I only post adorable pictures uh, because I'm obsessive compulsive and I want to see what cute guys are like. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Awesome, man. And while you're telling me that, I mean, this is going to be breaking news and I have to congratulate you because when this show airs, you would have just made your Shakara debut. So congratulations. I'm sure everything went according to plan and everybody loved you. Uh, yeah, let's, let's hope that was the case. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate it. All right. I love you, man. And you're still the boss at B Plus Player Radio. So thank you very much for bringing us along for this ride. Really appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, it's Mark Adam Haggerty. Stay tuned to the end of the episode for Last Call. It's in the news with Michael J. Putty. Again, thank you to Mark Adam Haggerty over at B Plus Player Radio. Now I have had conversations with this man one on one. You just heard him here. I don't know what it is, but I can listen to him talk all day. Some of his voice, his connotations, his inflections. Great speaker. And believe it or not, there's more to that interview. So go over to our YouTube a shot of wrestling for the full unedited interview with b plus player radio honcho he hates that word i love using it mark adam haggerty let's get into some news a story we were all talking about for like five minutes enzo mori crashed to virus series he was sitting second row during the first part of the match in disguise a wig and a hoodie i think it was gray maybe light blue but he then decided to stand up and recite his entrance during the aop versus bar match 
which led to WBN Staples Center security taking him out before ejecting him from the building. Security actually escorted him backstage through an exit door where he had no interactions with anybody and reports that he's only backstage for quote-unquote 10 seconds. Now a source close to the situation said that this man was furious and that Enzo is now banned from all future events and he will be arrested sight on scene if he chooses to test the company in this matter again. In addition, the Staples Center has announced that Enzo More has been banned from attending future events at the arena. Wow. Okay. It's one thing to be barred from WWE events, but to be barred from the Staples Center, the arena, the Madison Square Garden of LA, the Lakers, the Kings, the Clippers, concerts, WWE. That's crazy. WWE officials even spoke to Liv Morgan, Enzo's ex-girlfriend, regarding some sort of restraining order against Enzo. I've asked for more details about that. I've yet to get them, but apparently she has a restraining order against Enzo. Now, unfortunately, there's some sad news here. A young female fan was injured during the altercation between Enzo and security. A stretcher was brought out to take her away, and it was said that the young woman suffered some sort of arm injury. The fan was holding her arm clearly in pain before medical staff attended to her. She was reportedly checked out and given an ice pack for her arm, but she did, in fact, return to her seat for the rest of her show, which is great news. Now, what are your thoughts on Enzo crashing Survivor Series? War Chief Dying Heart said, and I quote, I knew that was him. He wore a black hoodie and a black wig to get past security. I thought it was him. Call me Carthy Boxer. Make him as Bobby Lashley's manager. Miss Layla Green, how you doing? Not so great, apparently. KOTJ underscore 2018. Knowing them, they're probably going to resign him soon. LOL. I wouldn't be surprised. The Nature Boy, woo! Said, I was a fan of his, but he's a clown, and this was the wrong thing to do. Strive for greatness, 28 underscore said. He needed some attention, and he got it. I totally forgot about him. Life moves on. He should, too. Missy X Me 13. I feel he accomplished getting through that petty jab. I'm not going to say he isn't without his issues, but can't say he didn't deserve to have that moment. Styles Lynch underscore 25. He's clearly very desperate for attention. Just you some of your thoughts. I don't know how to feel about the situation. I was never a big Enzo guy. The reason he got fired was due to personal reasons. Personal reasons that got cleared and absolved from. But we reported on the show that he had heat going into this. So, I mean, I read a comment saying how W's going to resign him based off this. But they barred him for future events. So I don't see that happening. Plus, Enzo wasn't a big loss as we thought it would be. Plus, the additions on 205 Live. You had Leo Rush. Why do I need Enzo Mori when I have Leo Rush? So, Enzo Mori at Real One, you know, take care, comb your hair. Cheap stunt, it was effective because we were talking about him for the last five days, six days. And I'm assuming that's the last time we're going to talk about him. Any other news? Braun Strowman is set to take some time off to undergo surgery. WWE confirmed that Braun Strowman will be undergoing elbow surgery after dealing with bone spurs for like several months now. He'll be having surgery down in Birmingham, Alabama this coming Monday, November 26th. Speed recovery to Braun Strowman. Board backstage is that W official feel that Strowman will be good to go in time for the Royal Rumble against Brock Lesnar. If he is unable to go against Baron Corbin at TLC, Creative right now is currently working on an alternate solution. WWE should know more about his current status for TLC once the surgery has been completed and they know how everything went and how bad the damage was. So we'll keep you updated. 
In other news, AJ Styles is reportedly holding negotiations with the WWE for a new contract and is asking for a much more reduced schedule, much like Randy Orton. Now we know Styles signed his original deal back in, I think, January of 2016. And much speculation is saying that he will sign another two-year deal with WWE, but he wants a reduced schedule. One of the reasons he dropped the title to Daniel Bryan in the first place is because he wanted to spend more time with his family, especially around the holidays. After having a very, very busy year, I mean, saying AJ Styles has a busy year is kind of downplaying it. I mean, he deserves it. And I'm assuming he'll get it. He deserves it. But speaking of SmackDown champions, there's probably no return date in sight for Becky Lynch. That's bad news. She's currently the, the woman's champion, so if there's no return date in sight as of this recording, they're going to have to make up their mind about stripping her of the title some way or the other. Because she's not Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar can get the title whenever the fucking damn well wants. But the WWE is being extra careful with her. Comparing her to Alexa Bliss. No, Becky Lynch suffered a broken face and a concussion. A very bad concussion. But speaking of Alexa Bliss, there are reports coming out that WWE officials are currently discussing the possibility of replacing Baron Corbin as general manager of Monday Night Raw and giving the role to Alexa Bliss. Her in-ring future is currently in doubt, suffering a string of concussions in a very limited time. Our good friend Mike Johnson over PWInsider.com reports that she had another examination last week, which apparently didn't offer any conclusive results as to when she might be able to get inside the ring again. So, I mean, Becky Lynch now, Alexa Bliss, hopefully they can come back from this. And you know, we'll keep you updated. You know the news. In an update on Impact's Wrestling TV future, it's being reported that Although Impact Wrestling will remain on Pop TV until the early part of 2019, that sucks. They are currently in negotiations with several other networks, including their former home with WGN America, True TV, and Sci-Fi. Now, I mentioned it like two weeks ago. Why not have them get signed by NBC Universal, being that they're losing SmackDown to Fox in October 2019? And now, here we go, Sci-Fi. I think Sci-Fi would be a good fit for them. But, you know, I'll keep you updated because I don't have Pop TV. I have those channels, all of them, so I'll be following this story very closely. Now the news, Shawn Michaels was recently interviewed by ENC's Pot of Awesomeness, in which he revealed why he shaved his head bald. And I quote, before the storyline started, I was doing a movie. I did this independent movie in Texas where I played a younger version with my hair, and then I played an older version of me that got sick and everything else, so that's why I ended up shaving it for the movie. And then I got this call to do this thing, and I'm like, you know what? Hunter got his head bald. I'm just going to go ahead and leave it that way. And it was thinning up there anyway, man. So it's better to just chop it all off. Part of my childhood died when Shawn Michaels cut his hair. But people told me that his hair was thinning anyway. Yeah, his hairline was receding. But he still looked good with the short hair. But to see him bald? I am still not over that. Still don't know how to feel about that. But now we know he had a legit reason why. Instead of just trying to look cool. In other news. Vince McMahon has reportedly been shaking things up with creative plans ahead of WrestleMania 35. Now, as it stands of this recording, the plans for Brock Lesnar to go against Seth freaking Rollins. Now, again, this is the plan. I'm assuming that Seth Rollins is going to drop the IC title before Mania. Found out many people are speculating that he will drop the title to Dean Ambrose at TLC. Roman Reigns' leukemia battle will be likely used as to antagonize the feud with Brock Lesnar. But Reigns has given his go-ahead for any references to his current illness and wants to see the very best from this storyline. Talking about when Roman Reigns was first diagnosed, he wants to use his illness to put the spotlight on leukemia, so why wouldn't he want the WWE to reference his illness? 
as long as they mention leukemia, not him being sick. But Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins does not really interest me at all. But nor did Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan, and that turned out to be a good match. So we'll see what happens. Now the news. Now for you New Japan wrestling marks, Access TV, AXS TV, is doing things a little differently for the January 4th, 2019 Wrestle Kingdom show, their WrestleMania. This year, they will broadcast a two-hour edition of New Japan's biggest show on the very same day it airs in Japan. Usually there's a couple days delay. They released a statement saying, and I quote, Access TV ushers in a new era of its New Japan pro wrestling coverage with real-time, same-week coverage of the promotion's biggest events in 2019. The new schedule kicks off with a same-day, near-live, two-hour broadcast of New Japan's biggest event of the year, Wrestle Kingdom 13, on January 4th. Now, Wrestle Kingdom 13 is headlined by heavyweight champion Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanashashi and the Intercontinental Champion Chris Jericho against Tatsuya Naido. Now, this network special on Access TV will feature the debut of the commentary team of Kevin Kelly and Don Callis, which should be amazing. Don Callis is great. Kevin Kelly has many years of experience. He's not as, from what I know of him, the little that I know of him, he's not as animated as Josh Matthews, but it should be great nonetheless. Looking forward to that. So if you're not watching Wrestle Kingdom live somewhere, it will be available for you on Access TV at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Check your local listing. And finally, in other news, some sad news, though. Hacksaw Jim Duggan spent this year's Thanksgiving in the intensive care unit. His daughter Cecilia posted the following on Instagram saying, and I quote, Happy Thanksgiving from the Duggan family to yours. Dad is in ICU, but in good spirits, and we are all doing well. We have a lot to be thankful for this year. Hashtag Happy Thanksgiving. Hashtag family. Now, I have met Hacksaw Jim Duggan numerous times. First time in 2011 in Boston at an autograph signing. We kind of couldn't find the place, so we came late right before I think the signing was up. Still happy, very friendly, very talkative cared about each one of us and i've met him the last several years at comic con and uh although i did not really get an autograph or a picture with him i stopped to say hi and he was just very very friendly man larger than life character his hands are the size of my face so keep hacksaw jim duggan in your thoughts and prayers the very first world rumble winner and former wcw united states champion this man still wrestles today all over the country so jim speed recovery get well soon and god bless that's all i got for news let's get some some cheers and heels A shot of wrestling presents here and here. You know what really sucks for Enzo Amore? Just happened on the big screen here in the studio. He started his rant and shtick during the roll call of the foreign announcers. So he really caught the tail end of it. Bad timing for him. Bad, bad timing. Let's get some cheers and heels. Raw, honestly, really, I don't have anything for Raw. I have no cheers. I have no heels. It was really a surprisingly flat, boring episode this week. I mean, you had the uh, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins snake through the whole episode, which was cool. But other than that, nothing stood out. Very boring. Very hard to watch episode. And there's no really cheers or heels for me. Raw went 6-0 on the main show and barely a ripple on that show. Let's go to SmackDown. Uh, I'm going to cheer Charlotte Flair. That whole segment with Charlotte Flair was awesome. Uh, she was on my TV for 28 minutes, I think it was. That's one-fourth of the show. SmackDown dedicating one-fourth of the show to Charlotte Flair. And she killed it. You know, of course, surprisingly, we weren't expecting anything less from her. She's great on the mic and even better on the ring. But she's still going with the babyface thing, though. 
she snaps, goes psycho on Ronda Rousey, beating her up brutally, and she's still a babyface. That's that's weird. That was a great match, though. Very surprising. Looking forward to it again. And cheers to Miz. Miz is always a highlight for me every week on SmackDown or whatever show he's on. And I love him here. It was weird to see him suck up so much to Shane McMahon, but I liked it. Very entertaining. I'm all about being entertained now. I don't care if it makes sense storyline-wise. I don't care if it sucks. As long as I'm entertained, that's what I care about right now. And I was very entertained during that. You know, side cheers here. Yeah, hell yeah. Team off the Miz and Shane McMahon. All about that. Great tag team. Two of my favorites. Cheers to Gobbly Gooker. The annual revival of the Gobbly Gooker. This year played by R-Truth. Now we're going to Cheel here. Again, for those of you new, Cheel is a cross between a cheer and a heel. The Daniel Bryan promo. I have mixed reviews about it. Yeah, it was cool. It made sense. Yet, it didn't make sense. It was kind of stupid. I'm not really fully buying it yet. You know, at one point, he mentioned how people, the Yes chant was dying down, and people like you were all chanting for AJ Styles. Yet, yet nobody was chanting for AJ Styles. Nobody was chanting him. It was just a cheap heel move to the crowd to do what they want. You know, to have the crowd eating out of the palm of your hands. And the Yes chants aren't dying down. The Yes chants are louder than ever. So I don't know what he's talking about. That's why I'm kind of on the fence right now. I'm going to give him a couple more weeks. I'm liking Daniel Bryan as a heel. I think he has a lot of potential. I'm looking forward to Daniel Bryan being the heel because SmackDown needs heels. But uh, this didn't really hit it for me. Your friend of the show, Ern, The Voice Escobar, loved it. Had a frank discussion about it. And uh, we agreed to disagree. But how about that main event? Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio. Good match. But how badass was that RKO? Now, for those of you who missed it, at the end, first of all, the whole match, Randy Orton was going for Rey's mask. He was trying to tear away at it. And he kind of chared a big chunk out of it. But in the end, Randy Orton was on the outside, on his back. Now, Rey Mysterio did that thing where he runs against the ropes and then slides on his chest under the bottom rope and lands on the guy on the outside. You know that spot he does all the time? So he bounces with the rope, hits his stomach, slides under the bottom rope. But instead of landing on Randy Orton, Randy Orton sits up like the Undertaker and RKO's him. Oh, that was crazy. I don't recall ever seeing Randy Orton RKO somebody from a seated position before. Then he just... What buck naughty on Rey Mysterio, just brutally beating him up. He even took the mask off at the end and walked away with Rey's mask. You see EMT is trying to attend to Rey Mysterio, and they put a towel over his face, even though we saw his face numerous times throughout the match. And, you know, not for nothing, you know, the whole run in WCW, we saw his face. Randy Orton is psychotic. A psychotic man beating up a luchador, brutally beating him up, to a point being bloody and taking his mask. Didn't... Didn't I just see this with Sammy Callahan and Pentagon over on Impact? Very reminiscent of that feud going to Slammiversary. Of course, that led up to a mask versus hair match. But you can't do a mask versus hair match with Randy Orton because, you know, he doesn't have much to lose. Why did he steal Red Mysterio's mask? What's the end result? Looking forward to see how this plays out. Overall, SmackDown, okay. Wasn't a great episode of SmackDown, but also was better than Raw. But again, you know, surprise, they didn't really do much to address what happened in Survivor Series. Shane McMahon even tweeted, changes are coming, and they didn't even mention it. You had the New Day do their thing, well, they mentioned it was 6-1, and one, but nothing happened. Nothing happened, okay? Going over to Impact, the Thanksgiving episode of Impact. This episode was Eli Drake's second annual Gravy Train Turkey Trot. Now, there's two team captains who randomly select their teams. Don't know if it was random last year, but this year they... Pick names that are a rolling cylinder. The team captains were Falaba and Eli Drake. Now, I'm going to heal that it took over an hour just for these two men to select four more people. Over an hour. The hour was littered with 
the same two commercials for Homecoming, Johnny Impact against Brian Cage and Taya Valkyrie versus Tessa Blanchard. But at one point, close to the 11 o'clock hour, they revealed that the Ultimate X match is coming back at Homecoming to crown a new X Division champion. Felt like they could have done more. Give me an in-person announcement. Maybe give me some participants. But like I said last week, they have two fucking months to kill, so I guess it's a slow build on the Ultimate X match. But in those, but in that hour, we saw Team Falaba, Japanese comic legend Kikutaro, Damien Xavier, Alicia, and of course, KM, going against Team Eli. First pick was Katarina, Raju, Dave Christ, and surprise, surprise, Mr. Gilberti. Yeah, Disco Inferno. Where the fuck did he come from? How does fucking Disco Inferno come out of nowhere to land the main event of the Thanksgiving episode of Impact? Two very non-strong teams. The Japanese guy came out of nowhere? There's a lot of more people on the Impact roster you could have fucking put in that position. Damien Xavier stole the show that night. And of course, the beautiful and vivacious Scarlet Bodo comes out mid-match, dressed as a sexy, slutty pilgrim. Everyone's distracted. But of course, the loser of this match, whoever got pinned or submitted, had to wear the turkey costume. And apparently, this turkey costume's been going around for a while, because those are the clips from the GWN network they showed in the first hour while we were filling in, picking teams. Things started in 2007 with AJ Styles, but that wasn't the Eli Drake turkey trot. It was some random... Oh, it was a turkey bowl. That was a turkey bowl. So I don't really know what to say here. It was kind of a throwaway episode. Nothing happened storyline-wise. Nothing at all, man. Uh, it was fun to watch as they picked teams. It was kind of funny, but it was overall a very lackluster episode of Impact, which is sad to say because Impact's been on a tear the last couple months. And it's the first time I think I'm saying that out loud, that I'm healing Impact. Let's get some ratings. Raw this week drew a 2.493 million, which is up from last week's 2.45 million. Raw was number four in the night in the viewership on cable behind NFL's Monday Night Football. Monday Night Kickoff and SportsCenter at Midnight. Raw was number four in the 18 to 49 demographic behind the same shows. SmackDown. This week, SmackDown drew 2.15 million, which is down from last week's 2.312. SmackDown was number eight for the night in viewership on cable behind the curse of Oak Island. Richard Maddow, Hannity, College Basketball, ESPN, Tucker Carlson, and The Five. SmackDown was number two in the 18 to 49 demographic behind College Basketball. As of this recording, scoured the internet, as I usually do. I could not find impact ratings for Thanksgiving, which can't be a good sign. You presume it's Thanksgiving. It's going to be lower than usual, which isn't saying much, but it's from the 10 to 12. So I'm sure everything's done with your families by then, but people are probably passed out on trip to fans, so no ratings for impact. Again, some go-home thoughts. Going back to Survivor Series here. Talked about brand loyalty, everyone wearing blue, everyone wearing red, and if not, they're wearing the t-shirt. I think for the second year in a row, Seth Rollins comes out with a half-raw, half-his-own-personal t-shirt sewn together. Only person to do that of the entire show made no sense. Everybody's wearing the full Raw t-shirt. Why are you wearing a combination of Raw and your own shirt, which has half the wording cut off? Made no sense. The shirt looks stupid. Last week, I mentioned how this week I'm going back to work after a week sabbatical. Talked about how the roads were torn up, unpaved. And so finally, this week, I went back to work earlier than usual. A lot earlier than usual. I had to leave my house this week before I normally even get out of bed. And, um, hold on. Shit, okay. Um, I got a text from Mike the Bartrader downstairs. He put in our song, Mac the Knife. I told him, wait till the show fucking finishes. But apparently it's dead downstairs, which means your boy at Mike Party can sing a plethora of songs. So let's wrap things up here. Remember the shows to the fans, from the fans. Get involved in the conversation. I'm sure you don't want to hear my two cents each and every week. I want to hear yours. So get involved in the conversation. Whatever we post, comment on it. We'll read your comments on a future episode. A shout out wrestling on Facebook. 
Instagram, Shot of Wrestling, no A on Twitter, A, Shot of Wrestling on YouTube to watch the full unedited interviews with Green Man and his guest of the week. You do not want to miss that, A, Shot of Wrestling on YouTube. Again, I hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving. I'll sit here to follow the Green Man for Mark Adam Haggerty over at B Plus Player Radio. Everybody over there at New Evolution Wrestling for the chance of a lifetime to join your commentary table for your debut event known as Inception. So if you want to hear your boy at Mochi Party and Green Man doing commentary for the first time ever, look for Inception when that comes out. We'll let you know. But I've been your host at Mochi Party. Until next week, Party out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. All right, everybody. Green Man here, and I am back. I am back with Mark Adam Haggerty. Mark, it's pretty simple. It's last call. Rapid fire questions. The first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? Uh, Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. What is your favorite adult beverage? Uh, Dr. Pepper. Other other than wrestling, what is your favorite sport? Soccer. What is the worst job you've ever had? Every other job I've ever had. What is your spirit animal? Zebra. What's your favorite karaoke song? Uh, Don't Stop Believing. Good one. Uh, Who is your celebrity crush? IRS. Who was your markout wrestler growing up? IRS. (laughs) what is the weirdest thing you have ever seen in wrestling and if you say irs one more time (laughs) Uh, i saw robocop the other night oh yeah i saw some pictures of that it's pretty cool finally what is on top of your holiday list uh to get my boyfriend to celebrate the holidays because he hates christmas oh bummer well i hope it works out for you thank you mark for being part of the show and again you can listen to a shot of wrestling every monday on b plus player radio hey baby i hear the bell ringing hip tosses and body slams oh my and maybe you seem a bit confused yeah baby but i got you pinned <laughs> but i don't know what to do when i see them with that golden case they're cashing it in Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody.